Hey, listener, Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. You can play Pick'em. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower total in each stat for this week's games for a chance to win big. You can actually win up to 100 times your money in a single night. That's right. I didn't say 10. I didn't say 20. Up to 100 times your money. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick them entry. My favorite feature, you can make rivals picks. Hit two players against each other. Wembenyama versus Nikola Jokic. Tim Hardaway Jr. versus Norm Powell. Kawhi Leonard versus Steph Curry. Who knows? Maybe Grayson Allen versus Pat Connaughton. You get where I'm going with that. You can do it all with Underdog Fantasy. Make sure you sign up today with the promo code DING. That's D-I-N-G. And get your first deposit doubled up to $100 as well as an instant Pick'em special. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our promo code DING, D-I-N-G, to get your first deposit doubled up to $100 as well as an instant Pick'em special. Must be 18 or older and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-522-4700 or visit www.ncpgambling.org. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, I'm Paul Giamatti. And I'm Stephen Asma. Join us on the Chinwag Podcast every Wednesday where we trade the banal and the boring for the super strange and bizarre. They committed human sacrifice? I did bring up human sacrifice, yes. You sure did. <laughs> that just went by fast. Kind of casually tossed that out. I would like to have an alien uh, hatchet young inside. Holy shit, really? She saw world peace and I saw demons coming out of the wall. I will say that there was a green couch outside of the principal's office and you sat on it if you had lice or if you got in trouble. (laughs) They wake you up from the goo pods to live in reality and you're naked and screaming. It's like... (laughs) Follow us for free on Apple Podcasts and all major podcast platforms. For more information, go to chinwagpod.fm. And find enlightenment through our Instagram or TikTok at ChinwagPod or on Twitter at Chinwag underscore pod. 
r slash is a hilarious podcast where dabney bailey uses ridiculous voices and emotions to read aloud the week's craziest reddit posts he reenacts various reddit threads covering wild stories and secrets petty revenge relationships and much more so if you're looking for a daily distraction and a laugh check out r slash wherever you get your podcasts you know what's funny is i was doing all fantasy everything last week and they do something where they're all they're already recording but then when they're ready to like put stuff on you know audio file or whatever they all clap on three so they're already recording but then that helps them sync it up so they clap that sounds fucking dumb okay (laughs) (laughs) let's start let's start a beef with all fantasy everything that's what we want to do hey ian carmel fuck you buddy wow fuck your podcast dave mori fuck you too who else is on that Sean Jordan? Sean Jordan. Is that Sean Cougar Mellencamp? Sean Cougar Mellon Jordan, yeah. I, I, I appreciate the handle. Well, fuck you too, buddy. He's legitimately like the nicest person in the world. No. Marissa Melnick? I respect you. Yeah, Mars. Who's Marissa Melnick? The producer. Oh, okay. They're Maze. Oh, is that, is that what Maze is doing? You're doing a little cross-producer. Maze is, uh, Maze is mouthier than she is. She doesn't really talk much on the pods unless they prompt her. Oh. Where's Mace okay, just in, in I'm out here. Mar- Mar- Marissa, are you are you available to produce a podcast? What a great way to finish out the year. You don't want producers all up in the videos. <laughs> don't listen for to Cinephone. For real, for real. Oh man. I realized something before we we that this movie's terrible. <laughs> I think we owe Ike an apology. Because the problem's been mazed this whole time. Of course. Yeah. You're just realizing this? To the degree where I feel the need to apologize to Ike, despite the fact that he picked Theodore Rex and ruined the audience pick forever. You mean the man who gave us such hits as Hot Rod and Jupiter Ascending? That guy could be the, the reason why our podcast sucks? I almost went to rewatch Jupiter Ascending because I wanted to rewatch it and then listen to the pod the other day. And I just, I just couldn't pull the trigger. I couldn't do it. I did watch Wonder Woman 1984. Woof. Oh, my God. Holy shit, that movie. <laughs> it's only a matter of time before it starts qualifying. Oh, Maze will, Maze will pick it for sure. You know he will. Did you watch it? I watched it. The second one. I, I haven't seen the first one. I turned it off. Well, the first one, the first one, this is how I describe the first one. It's like when your kid draws a portrait of you and it clearly is just a stick figure, but you put it up on the fridge and you make a big deal because it's the first legible drawing your child has ever drawn. That's what Wonder Woman was like. Everyone was like, oh my God, this is such an amazing blah, 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 blah. And I watched it. I was like, all right, compared to DC movies, it's okay. But that's progress, right? I mean, I guess it's progress until Wonder Woman 84. Oh man, that was... Like I no shit, and it'll sound like I thought they were doing like like they were spoofing. I thought they were spoofing, like the Christopher Reeve Superman. Well, those are good, but um, I no, they're not. No, wait, what? Yeah. Oh man, are you kidding me? I'll ride for all four of those. Superman, Superman two, Superman three, Superman four, the quest for home or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, Superman four, like it held a special place in my heart because of the Family Guy thing when they talk about ah. He said it. He said it. Like it's like <laughs> when they get to Superman, like oh, I got to. I have to do this, Lois. That's why I must be Superman for the quest for peace. <laughs> and 
was like, oh, so that's why they call it that. <laughs> no, I, and it'll sound just like, you know, cinephobe shtick, but an hour into the movie, I had no idea what Wonder Woman 1984 story was. You didn't realize you were watching Gal Adden? I, I had no idea. No, I didn't know it was about wishes at that point. And there's one point where it turns into cats. Let me, let me just say this right now. Let's save this for the inevitable Wonder Woman episode that's coming. Okay, that's fair. If it doesn't drop below, then I'm absolutely going to take the bull by the horns and, and find a way to make this thing qualify, one way or another. It's way too high. Oh, it's way too high right now. 65-73. Who the fuck? Are you fucking me? Look, look, let me just say this right now. I am supportive of diversity in Hollywood. I am supportive of stories told from different perspectives. But I am not going to be shamed into liking this movie. It's fucking trash. Sorry, Patty Jenkins. And also... It's come to my attention. Gal Gadot, Gadot, whatever the fuck her name is. Awful human being. Oh, turns out, yeah. I didn't know. Judge to justify the whitewashing of a Cleopatra casting. Yeah, that should have gone to ScarJo. Also, may have been present for the killing of four Palestinian children while she was part of the Israeli Defense Forces. Maybe. Don't know. I wanted to save this for the inevitable Wonder Woman episode, but uh, <laughs> alas and alack. Golden dumpster of Wonder Woman was... When she lassos ahead and dives on the children that are playing soccer in the road. Oh, you mean the clearly Arab Muslim children? Like the ones that she might have fucking murdered? As a right. Mom? I didn't know. So I didn't know that. I was I was texting with, with Nitz and Mo last night. And they're like, yeah, I can't watch because of this. And I didn't know about that whole alluding to this one drone strike that is well known and, and happened. Or I don't know if it's a drone strike, but whatever. One bombing. And I'm like, what the fuck? And then... Whatever they were trying to do there with that scene, they fuck it up spectacularly. It was so bad. Like, spectacularly. Your picks have been horrible, man. It's the point. It's the point of the show. Isn't Isn't it? it? Isn't Isn't it? it? It's possible. I don't understand what this podcast is about. Poppycock. It's a fuckhouse. On a weekly basis, we are consuming more concentrated bad movies. There's probably anybody in the history of mankind. Poppycock. What story? What story? <laughs> what are you talking about? Do you want lunch? I have yet to laugh in this movie. I'll just tell you that. You picked it, motherfucker. <laughs> just remember that. You know the problem with Hollywood is? They make shit. Unbelievable. Unremarkable shit. <laughs> I was legitimately offended. You were offended? I was offended. I didn't know you could get offended. I was offended. This did it. If I were gay, I wouldn't be offended. (laughs) They're fucking making shit up, I mean. Inconsequential detail after inconsequential detail after inconsequential detail. Please don't lie. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm holding a mic in my hands and now I'm talking all over. Welcome to 
Welcome to Cinephobe, the podcast where we break down the movies you're afraid to admit you love. I'm Zach Harper. That's Amin Al-Hassan. That's Antony Mays. If you have a submission, reminder, 40% or lower on Rotten Tomatoes for the audience score or the critic score. Also, we have some Patreon-exclusive content, patreon.com slash count the dings. You're going to get our Golden Dumpster Awards for the first 25 movies that we missed. You're going to get all the holiday movies. And we have a game show coming out, coming soon, right after this is released. So patreon.com slash count the dings. This week on Cinephobe, we watched the 1990 comedy fantasy horror. Wait! Troll 2. Is that a real designation? Maze, what do you have? Supernatural comedy horror. It's not. All right. Okay. I'll let it slide. Go ahead. Troll 2 stars? Michael Paul Stevenson? Because <laughs> I don't know who the fuck any of these people Anybody. are. I've literally never seen anybody. No, it's not that I've never seen them. I was hoping that they would go on to become something at some point in their lives. Right. This was it. This was the peak. In 1990, Michael Paul Stevenson was in Beyond Darkness, which is otherwise known as La Casa 5. (laughs) And he'd be in six small brief roles on TV series or TV movies. Where is it otherwise known as? Look, look, it's just keep, just roll with me on this, okay? It's going to keep coming up. Don't ask too many questions this early in the podcast. (laughs) He was last seen in an episode of Touched by an Angel called The Penalty Box. (laughs) It also has George Hardy, whose first acting role was this. He's a dentist. He didn't act again until 2007 in something called Street Team Massacre. In 2015, he was in Ghost Sharks 2, Urban Jaws, as Jarvis Steele, but the scenes were deleted. (laughs) And he was also in Under Con Troll this year. Which is the unofficial official sequel to this movie i guess man i don't know margot prey is in it she has two acting credits this in something called at gunpoint in 1990 connie young is in this this was her first role she was also in jupiter landing in 2005 not jupiter ascending not jupiter ascending no landing. jupiter landing was it, a, was it, it a might be a prequel sequel, it might be sequel i don't know also, David McConnell, who was in The Fighting Preacher in 2019, written and directed by Claudio Fragasso, who goes by Drake Floyd. Drake Floyd. He also goes by Clyde Anderson. He directed <laughs> After Death and Beyond Darkness, also known as La Casa 5. He also wrote Beyond Darkness, a.k.a. La Casa 5, but that was as Clyde Anderson. Rosella Drudy. Also has story and screenplay credits for Troll 2. Rosella wrote on Beyond Darkness, a.k.a. La Casa 5 as well. But she was known as Sarah Asprun. Claudio Fragasso is also known as Werner Knox when he made the movie Scalps. This movie is a fucking witness protection program. And Rosella Drudy had 17 movies, not all of them credited, from 1987 to 1990. <laughs> First of all, yes, you should absolutely be in witness protection if you made this movie. <laughs> you know how, like, in the, in the Cinephobe spreadsheet, you've got all the movies we've done. Yeah. You've got all the picks, everyone, all the picks that everyone's made, whether we phobed it or filed it. It's a, it's, it's a very impressive, impressive list, right? Mm-hmm. And Maze will typically put the name of the next movie in there and, like, fill out all the pertinent information. Beyond mm-hmm. Fober file. So right now I'm looking at Troll 2, 1990, 94 minutes yeah. long, supernatural comedy horror, picked by M, standing for Maze. And then there's three blank spaces for Fober file for Zach, Amin, and Maze. Maze, go ahead and put Fober for me right there. Let's get to the chase. It's 
spoiler alert. <laughs> this is not a good movie. Synopsis for Troll 2. A vacationing family discovers that the entire town they're visiting is inhabited by goblins disguised as humans who plan to eat them. Tagline. It horrifies you in your sleep and haunts you for life. Other taglines. One was not enough. <laughs> Be afraid. Be twice as afraid. There's nothing more frightening than a little boy's nightmare until it turns real. Hey. <laughs> Welcome, Anthony Mays, to the picture. <laughs> In El Mundo de la Fantasia y el Misterio Renan los Troll. Parentheses, Mexico. No. <laughs> and then the final one. The original Boogeyman is back. <laughs> Against my better judgment, I'm going to ask this question. Have either of you seen Troll 1? No. No. Of course not. Have either of you heard of Troll 1? I hadn't heard of Troll 2. When I first looked at this movie, the description was, Has No Trolls is a sequel to the movie Troll that was originally titled Goblin. How'd you find this? And was rebranded to Troll 2. For no reason. This is the other thing. They don't say the word troll once in this fucking movie. This movie has absolutely nothing to do with troll. Synopsis for the first troll. A wicked troll king in search of a mystical ring that will transform him to human form invades a San Francisco apartment complex where a powerful witch lives. Sure. Wouldn't know. <laughs> Wait. The characters' names are Harry Potter Jr. and Harry Potter Sr. in this movie. No. no. I swear no. to God. That's a future callback also. Estimated budget, $65,000. What'd they spend it on? It has to be the masks? No actors got paid, I'll tell you that. <laughs> There's no figures for grossed in the U.S. or worldwide. I'll just guess, zero. <laughs> I think that they have to have made $65,000 off of it now, based on what's happened after long after this movie came out but i don't know so before listening to the rest of this podcast troll 2 is available on hbo max i'm guessing they paid hbo max not the other way around <laughs> did they just throw it in with troll <laughs> i legitimately asked this question maybe like two-thirds of the movie in right now other than people who listen to this podcast how many people are streaming this movie i mean no i put three me you and maze that's the only thing i put <laughs> Even our listeners are not watching this shit. No, no, let me say, do not watch this. Don't, don't. No, no. No, you know what? Do watch it for this reason. The facial expressions alone. <laughs> there are so many facial expressions. So this is, this is part of the problem of what I didn't want this podcast to become, right? <laughs> Too late, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got a new intro sound bite there. <laughs> Well, maybe you should have clarified what this podcast was about a little bit earlier know. on. I don't know. But what I didn't want was every everyone going, oh, my God, this C movie that has a budget of $84. You got to do this one. It's so bad. Like, of course, those are bad, right? You're not going to have those. Hold on. C movie? <laughs> you gave this movie a C. No, I'm just saying in general, I don't want those movies. I want the ones that tried, right? I want the ones that tried to be good. RIPD had like a budget of like $150 million, right? I want I want the ones that tried to be good. Not like something that had zero budget and like picked up people off the street to come do come do this movie. And yet Maze throws a grenade into our fucking life. I feel so bad for Money Plane. <laughs> Money Plane, I misjudged you. You should have filed that. <laughs> All right.
Troll 2 receives 5% from the critics on 21 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. Up from 0%. 44% from the audience on over 10,000 ratings. The one critic review that is positive is Kevin Carr. Oh, I'm sorry, I mean. Would you like the positive or the negative reviews? I need to hear what Kevin Carr had to say. Well, everybody's just thinking about the negative. Well, I think the glass is half full. Everybody thinks it's half empty. Kevin Carr of 7M Pictures. God-awfulness in the best way imaginable. Now, this was previously 0% for a very long time, and I think Kevin Carr just wanted to find his name into the only list for this. And we've had Kevin Carr reviews on many of these episodes. Fuck you, Kevin Carr. But I think he just wanted to be the outlier here. Then we have a bunch of user reviews. Because, of course, one one positive review from the critics. 44% audience, is that right? On over 10,000 ratings. Higher than Money Train, I mean. Fucking ridiculous. User Greg H., five out of five stars. Ha! This is the best movie ever for all the wrong reasons. This movie is too amazing. All caps, they're eating her and they're gonna eat me. OMG, oh, d d d d d d d d d d User St. Thomas L., five out of five stars. L indeed. There's no review can do this justice. It has to be seen to be believed. It's incredible. I love it. User Dave S, five out of five stars. If you watch this for the right reasons, it is one of the funniest movies ever. Many, many movies have been called the worst piece of crap of all time, but none of them can hold a candle to Troll 2. The right reasons. User Jared S, five out of five stars. No idea if they have any relation. This film is the embodiment of the phrase, so bad it's good. User Josh S, four out of five stars. I've never been one of the people to watch the So Bad It's Good movies because in reality, So Bad It's Anything Other Than Bad is rare. This is one of the rare exceptions. It really is so over-the-top and ridiculous that it's a good watch if just for the goblin mask and the Oh My God scene, LOL. And then a blank user. Mm. All right, we have two blank users. Witness protection. <laughs> five out of five stars. Drake Floyd. So Bad It's Good. I've watched this movie at 4 a.m., and I think it's the only suitable time for putting up with it. It's brilliant bullshit. Where? I mean, maybe that's true. I watched it in the middle of the day yesterday. And then another blank user, five out of five stars. My friend's uncle is the guy who has the corn orgasm. Hmm. (laughs) Five out of five stars. Corngasm? Corngasm. That's Maze's OnlyFans account. Corngasm? Yeah. Corngasm. No puzzle there, baby. The negative review. At this point of time, my thought on critics not liking stuff is, then turn it off, you fucking weirdo. You have so many options. People who watch an entire project to hate on it, man, it is so weird to me. Graham Robertson of Flickering Myth. Troll 2 is an awful film, but it's just too silly and stupid not to love. That sounds like a positive. It does. J.R. Jones of Chicago Reader. Troll 2 is bad. Very, very bad. The script is stupid. The acting is wooden. The special effects are laughable. The vintage 80s synthesizer score is cheesy. Wooden? Wouldn't it? That's the... the welcome to Cinephobe. <laughs> where I'm getting a lot better at picking up on these things. You, know, you missed one earlier in the show, so I don't think so. <laughs> no, maybe not. <laughs> Matt Brunson of Creative Loafing. I've seen worse, but nevertheless, this is wretched, bottom-of-the-barrel stuff. Is Creative Loafing a national chain, or is that just one of those free newspapers you get in Atlanta? Doug Broad of Entertainment Weekly. Taking off in its own entirely misguided direction, it tells the story of an average, not to mention lousy acting, American family that vacations in a town infested with Marty Allen clones 
who cause folks to sweat green chlorophyll and turn into trees. Let me tell you something. Looking at the dad's open pajama top. Yo! <laughs> With the not, collar up? That is not an average American family. <laughs> Felix Vasquez Jr. of Cinema Crazed. Remember, kids, double-decker bologna sandwiches, always the prime weapon against goblins. Yep. Rumsey Taylor of not coming to a theater near you. Hold on. Rumsey? <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that fucking George W. Bush's nickname for Donald Rumsfeld? <laughs> it is a marvel in an, of ineptness, staging scene after scene of total implausibility without a single believable, believable performance and many lines of dialogue that pose an audacious disregard for coherence. What characterizes the film is a consistency in tone. Yeah, consistency in tone is what I brought away from this movie. Fuck you, you nerd. Ken Hankey of Mountain Express, Asheville, North Carolina. Oh, get your hankies out. Hanky panky. Cinnabon! Thank both of you for adding absolutely nothing to that name. <laughs> You're welcome. There are movies that are bad. There are movies that are so bad they're good. And then there's Troll 2, a movie that's so bad that it defies comprehension. Yeah. And then two user reviews. User Alina A, half star out of five stars. Parentheses. Spoiler alert. Unparentheses. I like the movie until the ending. Like, what the fuck? Why would you kill the mother in front of the child? I watched all that for it to end that way. Spoiler alert. She warned us. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Then user L-E-O-M, half star out of five stars. And probably, I'll just say this, maybe one of the greatest victims of the rental wars. Just awful. I can't believe I spent $20 to rent. Ooh. Bro. I, I just literally troll twenty. Spit out my postmates into it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Amin, what's your first note? First note. Oh shit, we're going. Hold right. on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll give you a chance to swallow. Whoa! <laughs> That's put your callback right there, by the way. <laughs> my voice amin what's your first note oh shit we're going right into this huh (laughs) (laughs) some dude named peter who's dressed like the pied piper is walking through a forest some grandpa is telling the story of these creatures in the forest goblins his grandson asks what peter did to the goblins and the grandpa says that's the thing goblins don't need to justify their cruel acts i hate this child Oh my, oh my god, I got a lot of notes about this fuck ugly kid. Oh my god, I hate him. Does he successfully become the most hated child in the history of Cinnabon? I mean, it's him or the problem child, kid. I, I mean, I no, hate him I, yo, come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that to Junior. Junior was nowhere near this bad. Is this movie trying to be the Princess Bride at first? Yes! It's the okay. worst version of the Princess Bride! <laughs> I don't know if this matters. I don't know why I'm looking for consistency here. But the dude's name in the story is Peter, and the grandpa's book that he's reading from is called Davy and the Goblins. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yes, I paused it to figure out what the name of the book was. <laughs> Not the last inconsistency that's going to happen in this movie. We get an unnecessary close-up of Grandpa's mouth as he's talking. First of many extreme close-ups in this movie. Yes. And I wrote, these trolls look a lot like Artie Lang. What trolls? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> the goblins. There's no trolls in this movie? 
Should have been called Troll Zero. The goblins are <laughs> running slash power walking after Peter and making wolf noises. They are the vengeful and evil goblins, little people of the night. Peter gets knocked out on the ground. I don't. I have no idea how. He trips and then he does two somersaults. That's how he did it. Okay. Film Rage presents Troll 2. I have a note here. Makeup by Maurizio Tran. <laughs> and I said, no chance this is a real name. <laughs> <laughs> well, funny enough, the white girl who comes in has drawn on freckles. What's up with her freckles is my next <laughs> note. <laughs> it's like someone just took a marker and was like, this girl needs freckles. <laughs> and just started dotting her cheeks. Yeah, it was Maurizio Tran. <laughs> He's doing the makeup. <laughs> So the first set of notes I did for this were all from last night when I was high. So I'm trying to understand what some of them are. What's up with her freckles is one. Yeah. This music is another. Oh, the soundtrack is incredible. Yeah, the synth music. (laughs) Makeup by Maurizio Tran. And then the next note, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead, is he made out with a man? No, it's a female goblin. It's a female goblin, yeah. Looks like a man. This is my mother. Mrs. Exposition. How do you do? Oh, oh, stand. Oh, my God, man, what have you done? That's not your mother, it's a man, baby! He falls in love with her. She has him drink some green slime, and my note is he's making eye contact with her while he drinks, like it's a blowjob scene from a porn. Oh, Like, he does not break eye contact with her at all. Not the first porn reference in this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> The green jello salad, even in real life, looks disgusting because the guy is not enjoying it at all. No, 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 no. Everyone in this movie eats things without any question. Without any question. No matter how gross it looks, put it in my mouth. 1990 was a, uh, we can clip that out of cinephobe context. No, they'll go with something like, and then he picked up a red cup. (laughs) Zach Harper doing me no hassle. (laughs) (laughs) Like, the 90s were wild, right? You would just pick people up off the road. You would just eat whatever someone gave you. The 80s, man. The 80s was all I guess. Oh, yeah. I guess this was made in the 80s because, yeah, it came out in 1990. Although it might have come out. It might have been shot a week before it came out. Yeah. And came out is a loose term also. <laughs> yeah, also. Future callback. <laughs> it was a deception. Now the grandkid is in the story. He thinks it was a goblin in disguise. Grandpa Seth tells him that goblins still exist. They can! They can! Goblins still exist! Your grandpa Seth is telling you! Is everyone acting for the first time? (laughs) Or you could have just stopped, is everyone acting? I have no idea what's happening in this movie. Peter's sweating chlorophyll green. The color of the goblins! The color of sap! No, it's not. He's half man, half plant, which is their favorite food, and they eat his ass. Well, they eat him. (laughs) He's your callback. Mom walks in and Grandpa Seth is a ghost? What's happening? (laughs) The the chair is still rocking. The chair's rocking. (laughs) If the chairs are rocking, don't come a knocking, Mom. Oh, do you mean Mama Exposition? (laughs) It's more bedtime exposition, I mean. The the mother of all exposition. Oh, my God. Apparently, this kid is imagining his grandpa telling him stories. The grandpa's been dead for six months at least. It was also very difficult for your father. And for Holly. And for me, his daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Mom Mom is saying he lives on in their hearts, but he must banish them from his mind. The doctor told the kid Grandpa Seth is an invention of his subconscious. 
They're going on vacation tomorrow, a month in the country. She says goblins don't exist. And then we get a bench press montage from the teenage girl, Holly. (laughs) Why is she working out? Why does she have a weight set in her room? And why is mom so proud of this aggressive V-cut? Because that is a very aggressive V-cut. And she bench presses without taking a break from reps for a good 10 minutes. It's like Johnny B. Good drumming and watching (laughs) football highlights. I'm going to tell you something. When you got Tom Cruise and Donnie Depp looking over you, you could do reps forever. Mom and dad are discussing the kids' problems. Mom asks dad about the goblins in an extremely dramatic way. The goblins? Michael is on the phone spelling Nilbog, which, spoiler alert, guys, he's spelling it out in the first fucking scene. And he's lounging on the couch with his pajama shirt open. They hit you over with the name of this town. Like it's a fucking sack of doorknobs <laughs> and you owe them money. Boy, let me tell you something about that sack of doorknobs. <laughs> I will alert you when I finally paid up. What? <laughs> oh my God. That's all they do. It's <laughs> like, they might as well say, hey, fuckheads, it's goblin spelled backwards throughout the entire movie. Wait, wait, just wait. Oh I'm my saving God. That shit. For the moment, you guys, you guys are gonna forget we had this conversation. By the time I said, and this is when I realized. Also, my man, the dad—I I don't know what his name is—he's sitting so weird. The dentist. He's lying on the couch sideways. Did you say the dentist? He's a dentist. Is, he's a dentist. What? Is that what you said, Maze? <laughs> yeah. Is he a dentist? When is he a dentist? <laughs> he's a dentist in real life. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be our first three-part episode. <laughs> I have so many notes for this movie. Oh, God. I overloaded at some point. I was like, yo, Maze, when I said the text, just clip the whole movie. <laughs> As is. This shitty little kid can't sleep and he grabs his flashlight. Some dude is at his window making faces. Now he climbs up a ladder to Holly's window. And she's still bench pressing. You didn't mention Pops. Had a fucking, his pajama top was unbuttoned all the way down to his fucking groin. Yeah, man. He's showing it off. Now, it is buttoned at some point, but like all of this upper chest meat is, is mm-hmm. well, is open to the public. He climbs over her and she screams when she looks up. She hits him in the balls. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You jumped ahead of so much shit. <laughs> Did I? First of yeah. all. Yes. <laughs> yes. First of all, the part where he says, we'll be living like our ancestors did. We'll be peasants and farmers. What? Just like people did a century ago. <laughs> Why does he want to do this for a vacation? Why does he want to be a peasant for a vacation? <laughs> a peasant? <laughs> That's not like a thing that people aspire to be. I mean, some people like to get pissed on, okay? It's just, it, it's a thing. No, it's a piss ant. <laughs> then the kid, his freckles look exactly like when I have explosive diarrhea and I sit down on my toilet yeah, and it goes and then the inside of the toilet bowl is just all specks of the shit that I shat in a very liquid form sprayed everywhere as an aerosol. That's what his freckles look like on his fucking face. That's what his face looks like. This kid is ugly. And then Elliot, as we learn his name later, I don't know why he was a peeping time into a little boy's room insert anthony may's joke but when he climbs into the girl's room i said 
Elliot looks kind of like Anthony Mace. This is so they all look alike. No. 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 He looks nothing like. The first thing that that popped in my mind, I swear to God, as soon as he's leaning over her while she's working out. Let me, let me look again. All right. I don't. And I by don't the think way, this is... the amount of perspiration she's going through. Holy fuck. Sweating is a thing in this movie. Maurizio is spritzing her every scene. I bet he is. He's not spritzing her. He's turning on a fucking fire hose over her. She hits him in the balls. You scared the shit out of me. I'm the victim of a nocturnal rapture. I have to release my lowest instincts with the woman. Oh! Release your instincts in the bathroom. Are you nuts? You trying to turn me into a homo? Wouldn't it be too hard? If my father discovers you here, he'd cut off your little nuts and eat them. He can't stand you. And after that, I just wrote, oh my God, this whole scene. <laughs> she says her parents don't like him. His friends climb up to the window and invite her to pizza. Do you see? What's wrong with having friends? <sighs> Nothing. If you want to remain a virgin for life, you take them to bed with you too. And I don't believe in group sex. She invites him to go on vacation. Thinks Nilbog is wonderful. We learned it's an exchange house swap with the Nilbog family. Did we? I see. I didn't. I didn't know that. I didn't catch that. But all Elliot cares about, and my boys. What? What about my boys? My hat. Where are my boys at? My next note after all of that shit is: Does she have a hangover? Which is obviously, she's in the van now. Cut to the van the next day. Holly's devastated. Mom says, "Don't do this." And Holly says, "They could have waited another fifteen minutes. He would have come." And that's when they find out they had left 90 minutes late. Hour and a half? And we never saw a sign of your bow. Everybody's doing a horrible job of remembering their lines, by the way. Elliot's not my bow. He's my boyfriend. And he told me last night that he loves me. Bitch, no, he did not. No, he didn't. He never said that. He asked, can my friends come to vacation? Second of all, she's not remembering her lines, Zach. She is talking to where the mother is, and then every once in a while, glancing over at what her fucking lines are off to the left. She's going left, right, left, right. She acts like Adam Copeland in Money Plane. Oh, no, she doesn't. No, no, yes. no. It's the same fucking thing. Adam Copeland is fucking Kelsey Grammer at this point. <laughs> I don't know if you're talking about as an actor or physically. As an actor. Dad doesn't like her boyfriend. Mom tells Joshua to start singing. I'm the one who has to like him, Dad. Me alone. Start singing? The song she likes so much is Row, Row, Row Your Boat. Top five worst songs of all time. Murder this fucking family. They can't even do the staggered singing thing at all. (laughs) Oh, just wait till they have to clap (laughs) in rhythm later on in the movie. (laughs) The boyfriend's driving with his friends in an RV to the vacation spot. For our listeners who are a little younger. Try as, like, say a 22-year-old. Try to rent a car. See what happens. See how much shit they put you through. See how much they they charge you. These high school teenagers rented a Winnebago. And not only that, they don't even know how to high-five. No. They do a combination of a high-five and, like, a fist pump cheer, but it's also an all-in. Like one, two, three, go thing. It was terrible. All in one, two, three, and then they slapped the fuck. Everyone slapped the hand above them. That's their high five. Nilbox full of beautiful girls. Lots of them. Free and unattached. Ugly kids bleeding green. Mom says he stuffed himself like a pig. He's half plant, half man. <laughs> the kid looks like the Incredible Hulk skeeted all over him. Sister says he's ready to be eaten. They're all trolls. These troll masks are so bad. No, don't eat me. <laughs> 
who wanted to eat you, little brother? And he says, nobody. And I said, why does he sound so sad? (laughs) Man on the side of the road has a sign that says, stop them. (laughs) It's grandpa. They pull over. They've got Utah plates. I don't know if you noticed. Oh, I did. But when Elliot snuck into the chick's room, Detroit Pistons banner hanging. Ooh. Which is it? Oh, the kid's room has a Cubs pennant, a Reds pennant, an A's pennant, a Detroit Pistons pennant, a Dwight Gooden photo, and a Daryl Strawberry pennant. This kid's all over the place. America. Old man wants a ride. That he does. My next note, this kid is fuck ugly. And then... Holly has to close a sliding door on the van, and that is a heavy slide on that door. And I just, I thought, oh man, the memories. We're having to slide those fucking doors for the automated man. Oh my god, twentieth century bitch. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not grandpa on the side of the road. It's actually just a homeless drifter. The homeless drifter who says, "So you go give me a ride or what?" To a fucking seven year old. Also, the family seems very, very unconcerned. That their seven-year-old child is talking to a homeless drifter. And it's like, hey, man, we try to get on this. Hey, get back in the car. The 80s, man. That's the extent of their concern. Nobody gets out of the car. Ew, you want me to get out there? Fuck no. That's because you're applying 21st century bitch mentality to the 20th century. <laughs> the 20th century, we just fucking knew. Holly sees her boyfriend and his friends on the side of the road. She flips them off. But it's so far away, there's no way they could have seen it. No way. The van windows are tinted. All you can see is a reflection. He and his friend argues, and then I think they almost kiss, and it cuts away. (laughs) Why is the RV so far off the road? And and is it broken down? They parked the RV in the middle of nowhere, just sat there, and said, sooner or later, we're going to see a minivan that looks kind of like her family's minivan. Minivan shoots by. They say, hey, Holly, oh, I mean, Holly. And, and, the, and the one with the glasses of who I fucking hate the most. Arnold. Wow, how do you know his name? <laughs> is whistling and pointing like, ooh, ooh, pull over over here. When I finally saw how far that, that minivan was, forget about them not knowing that's her minivan. If I was her in the minivan, I would not recognize that was them. But she not only recognizes, she throws up one of the most aggressive middle fingers I've ever seen in my life. And then at the end, when they're arguing, it's like, oh, she doesn't call the shots. I call the shots or whatever the hell he said. And he ends his argument by coming uncomfortably close to the other dude's face. No, they're about they're about to fuck. It was comfortably close. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you right they now. They were both very comfortable with how close their faces if were. If you're listening to this, you haven't watched the movie, which good for you. You haven't watched it. Let me just explain to you like this. You know the old adage, like if you're trying to make out with someone for the first time, but you're not sure, what you do is you cut like two-thirds of the distance. No, 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 no. It's the hitch rule. You go 90%. Make them come to the last 10. That's exactly what he did. And it's not like the other dude didn't react. No. No. They just cut to another scene. They played chicken. They were playing chicken right there. Like, I dare you to kiss me after this argument. At that moment, I was like, I bet they made out, but I'm not sure. As this movie goes along, I'm sure now. I think he was into his friends more than Holly because I think he was into his friends. Zach, I'm telling you, the fucking shit escalates from scene to scene. First, it's like, oh, what about my boys? And it's like, what if I put my face right next to yours? (laughs) What about me and my boys? What about my boys? And then it escalates from there. Please put that in a future intro. (laughs) Please, please do, because this shit escalates. (laughs) Uncomfortably so. 
All right, they stop in town at a drugstore. They're talking about being a farmer. Josh wants to go home. Locals see them drive off, gathering at the window. It's super no, whoa, weird. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> Zach, Zach is trying to fly through this. Zach, Fuck it. We're, doing we're 40 fucking form. minutes into this podcast. Yeah, give up. Here's how it goes. First of all, she says, lead the way, farmer waits. And then he says, okay. Like, he doesn't get what the fuck she's talking about. But I'm going to keep driving. As they drive away... The people, you know, in this little town who were disappeared, who he said it's nighttime, no one's out. Remember, at this time of night, everybody goes to sleep. It's the middle of the goddamn day. And all of these dudes come out. And when I say dudes, I don't mean people. I mean dudes. And I said, brothel? Question mark. And then when they finally get to the house that they're supposed to do the swap at, again, in the middle of the day, the other family comes out. And I asked, why is that kid dressed like a newsie? <laughs> he is dressed like a newsie. <laughs> All right. They pull up to a farm. There's another weird family watching them. Farmer dad says they're late. Josh notices they'll have this odd marking on them. So I didn't know about the house swap. I wrote, are they doing house swap? For Airbnb, people were into some weird shit, you guys. Dad says their house has a microwave and video and fridge and a bar. All the major conveniences. Yeah, conveniences, not appliances. <laughs> As the family loads into this pickup truck, which 90% of that new family jumps into the back of the pickup truck, and they're clearly driving off, and my man is still naming shit that they have. <laughs> <laughs> it reminded me of Forrest Gump when Bubba is just naming all the yeah. different types of shrimp. Rock shrimp, fried shrimp. <laughs> the farmer's son throws a softball that says, eat before they eat you written on it. Yeah, green super glue on a softball. That's how they deliver messages in Nilbog. My next note, this kid is so ugly. I was waiting for the, the newsy kid to bean the fuck out of him with that ball. I was so disappointed when it was just like a soft lob. They sit down to eat, and it's all, an already prepared meal with weird green coloring all over it. And Grandpa's ghost is at the window. It's just a bunch of breads smeared with green icing and two pitchers of red and green Kool-Aid. Typical country hospitality. <laughs> oh, he exclaims that with such fervor, right? But, like, here's my question. If you saw anything, regardless of the cuisine, and you are a visitor in a foreign land, when they hand you something that is highlighter blue or green, I'm not eating that. I mean, if it looked normal, I'm not eating it. I don't know these fucking people. Who seem very hostile. Of course. You gotta go live in my house? Grandpa's ghost tells Josh not to let them eat. To stop them, he's the only one. If they eat, the goblins will eat them. But how can I stop them? Grandpa freezes time as they're about to bite in the food. The kid has 30 seconds. No, he doesn't. This kid is taking his sweet-ass time. Grandpa doesn't freeze time. You know how I know? Because every actor is shaking. <laughs> Everybody's still wobbling? <laughs> they didn't have the budget to hit pause? Just screenshots? Holly's about to bite into raw corn with a strip of blue icing on it. Oh my god. This scene is just like Quicksilver in Days of Future Past. Fast forward to them <laughs> scraping the food in, into the garbage, and my note is, wait, did this kid pee on the food? Is that how he stopped him? Yes, he's slowly walking around the table, looking at everyone, and then he goes, I must do it! I must do it! I must do it! He pissed and on the food! He gets up on a chair, and he unzips his fly! <laughs> He pissed on the food. Ah, they throwing it away. And the dad is carrying him all over his shoulder. And the mom says, don't hit him, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> he deserves it. A big spanking for a little shit. Do you see this writing? Do you know what it means? 
hospitality. And you can't piss on hospitality. I won't allow it. Please, guys. Please. He says, you can't, you can't piss on hospitality. I won't allow it. And then it looks like he's about to get his belt. He's just tightening to avoid hunger pains. He has to, yeah, he has to cinch his belt to avoid the pains. This dad is the worst actor we've had, right? He's the worst actor, by far. But he's the first one I would go to for a cavity or a crown removal. He literally like starts to fucking fuck with his belt and like, oh shit, he's about to whoop the shit out of this motherfucker. He is gonna beat the shit out of this kid, yeah. Like, Dad, what are you doing? And he says, I'm tightening my belt to couple more loopholes to deal with this hunger. I've been hungry before. You think you can hunger strike? You can't beat me. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, random exposition that he had. Yeah, hunger in his childhood. Like, are they supposed to be Irish? Is this supposed to be the potato famine? Oh my god! You can't piss on hospitality. Absolutely, I won't allow it. Is an all timer. It's an all time line. In fact, just throw that bitch in my uh, golden dumpster right now. You can't piss on hospitality. Uh, I can't believe. <laughs> the bros are watching TV in the RV. One guy wants to know where the girls are. He walks outside to smoke and he finds girls. He sees a girl running through the forest. She has green on her face and is scared. He's running after her, and he's in terrible shape. I mean, he's a cigarette smoker. Why is she running like that? I don't know, man. Her legs jump up sideways, and her hands are are just thrown about here and there. He finally tackles her, and she asks if he's one of the monsters. She says, you're human? He says, very human. Want to see? Yo, how is that a thing, by the way? You're chasing at someone. Hey, let me talk to you. Hold on for a second. You tackle her? Yeah. Yeah, it's how you pick up babes. That'll calm her down. Goblins show up. He's unbelievably calm. He says he'll take care of it. He says, let me give you some advice. Get out of here or you're going to be in a lot of trouble. You dwarfs. <laughs> it's not dwarf too. They throw a walking stick like a javelin into his chest. We're in a dense forest. He's like 10 feet away max. Yeah. But when the spear is thrown, Yo, there's a thing cut of it flying in front of the blue sky. Through the air. <laughs> and it's like it's being thrown 70 feet. On the clearest of days, in the middle of a fucking dense forest. He screams, and his buddies back at the RV hear him, and I said, these guys are getting gayer by the sea. Oh, yeah, I just started calling the RV Gay Boy HQ. Very soon. They listen when they're sitting uncomfortably close to one another, right? Yeah, just drinking Mountain Dew, you know? Me and my boys. Is this a problem of the times? Because, like, I think this movie becomes no. a lot more interesting if these guys are all dating. I was waiting for that, like, discovery to happen. Right? But Holly's not into group sex. Don't worry, Holly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, I don't think he's a virgin. <laughs> I, don't, I think he and his friends have been banging for a while. <laughs> Friend says it wasn't the scream of a woman, it was Arnold. Goblins surround Arnold and the girl and they run away. My next note, Maze, what the fuck are we watching? Oh, that's when you ask, what the fuck are we watching? Do you guys remember the Bruno segment from the Ollie G show when he goes to spring break yes. at Daytona Beach and he <laughs> gets the, all the bros to, to get really gay? Okay, great. Let's see uh, pectorals. Let's see a pectoral. <laughs> 
That's how we do this. Okay, let's turn around. Turn around. Show us the muscles. Yeah, show us the muscles on the back. Yeah, baby. Just say hello. This is Jim. Hello, this is Jim. And Woo! I sending, saying hi. And I saying hi. Saying hi from Daytona Beach, Florida. To Austria, Woo! to Austria Gay TV. Say, what Austria Gay TV? Yeah. Need Gay TV. Well, fuck out of here. You said Gay TV. Jim. Yeah. No, no, we need gay TV. There's no fucking gay TV involved in this. And then the other dude pops up from out of the screen, uncomfortably close while laying down. No, no, no. You got to stop saying uncomfortably close. They're all very comfortable with it. Yeah, it's a very comfortable RV. Yeah, these guys are banging. They talk about deflowering a virgin. He said, no, 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 no. It was a scream of Arnold, meaning they know Arnold's not a virgin. And they recognize Arnold's screams when he's getting... I mean, they're in what might be a twin-size bed. But, Zach, at this point, everyone... All hopped up on Mountain Dew. <laughs> he's chugging the fuck out of that Mountain Dew. Because, Zach, this is the problem. I'm watching it, and I'm thinking, they've all got their shirts on. So what? The guy got up, and it was kind of out of frame or whatever. I mean, it doesn't mean nothing. doesn't mean they're, you know... Like, I mean, stop being a homophobe, basically. So say, oh, oh, so, so a guy... Like pops up from out of frame, next uncomfortably close to the next to the other guy. That means they're gay. I mean, come on, stop it, stop it. Continue. They go to a church or something. There's weird shit in a bed inside it. A crazy pale woman comes up and says it's her house. This she- is my house. Oh, she's acting her ass off. Allow me to introduce myself. I am Credence Leonor Gil. Of ancient druid origins. My ancestors came from Stonehenge. No, your credence, Leonor Exposition, aka the Rumble. He says they need a doctor. There's no hospital. They cure themselves there. She gives them some concoction to drink. It burns the girl's throat and she drops it. And she's she's sort of acting her ass off as she pukes and flails around. This broth is miraculous. <laughs> this actress. If I may use that term very loosely. I'll allow it. Deborah Reed. She's wearing glasses. And I asked, where does she get her prescription from? It can't be good because she keeps squint- squinting. And this is one of the moments where I wish Cinephobe were a visual product. Because I can't describe. Guess you'll just have to watch Troll 2. Oh, my God. The look on her face that she's making as she's talking if you met anyone who talked like this, you would immediately just get up and walk out. Have a nice day. Because she's raising her eyebrows and squinting and then opening her eyes very wide. Every time. And say, oh, you must have this very special broth. We heal ourselves here. Like, there's no chance in the world that anyone, anyone would go along with. The girl's dramatically walking upstairs. The witch says to drink the broth. He can't move. The girl keeps getting dirtier and sweatier as the scene goes on. She's bleeding green from above, and the guy says, oh my god, what's happening to her? And why can't I move? There must be a logical reason for all this. Must be. What? Now she looks like the Incredible Hulk skated on her. She's covered in green. He says she's changing. She becomes a leaf. She's making a slime angel, and then she's in like a hot tub of green jello. And then goblins come running down a hallway (laughs) out of nowhere. Start eating her like it's a pig trough. They're eating her. And then they're going to eat me. Oh my god! Cut to the ugly kid 
looking at artwork in his room. He doesn't like it there. Holly's working on a routine in the mirror. Oh, this is the scene where Holly invents TikTok. Yeah, she did invent TikTok. That's true. Lights start to randomly dim. Grandpa appears in the mirror screaming for Joshua. She tells her parents she saw Grandpa hold, Seth. Hold on. Hold no, on. Zach, Zach. We're an hour into this podcast. Just want to point out I'm an Aries too. We're eight minutes into this movie. Second of all, she says, you got to make a choice, Elliot. The beautiful Holly Waits. Or your lovely, lovely little, little voice. And I asked how many times has Mays been presented with that same ultimate. I knew this was coming. <sighs> it's either me or your boys. She screams, and the whole family runs out to the hallway, and Dad's pajama top. Holy shit. Yo, all the way unbuttoned again. His collar is popped. Like Colangelo popped. Super aggressive. And then he storms into the room right past the mirror. So where's this damn mirror? (laughs) Are you still smoking dope, Holly? (laughs) He's still obsessed with being a farmer. Yeah, it says they're farmers now. We need to get up early. Holly and Josh swap rooms. But then is Holly going to sleep in the parents' room? Josh says, I'm not afraid. I said, bitch, wasn't you the one saying, don't eat me. Now you're not afraid? Mace, you're like, well, she's going to the parents' room. The grandpa even says he needs to learn the layout of the house. No one knows where the fuck they're going in this movie. Yeah, grandpa, a trans-dimensional ghost that can stop time, but can't get the right mirror. Ghost logistics. Dudes are cuddling in the RV is my next note. Naked! They are butt-ass naked. <laughs> Back at Gay Boys HQ, nobody brought supplies, except for condoms and Mountain Dew. At that moment, I was like, okay, it's not just me. I'm not being homophobic. There's definitely super homoerotic vibes coming from these guys. They're butt-ass naked sleeping in the same bed. I mean, these guys are clearly dating each other. Like, I'm confused by the confusion here. They're clearly together. It's Utah, I guess. Gotta keep that secret. One of the guys wants supplies from the store. He takes money from the group fund and jogs horribly into town. They have a group fund, but they didn't bring supplies? Bob says there's only chunky milk in the house. There's no food. Dad and Josh will also go to the store. A uh, sheriff rolls up on the jogging kid, offers him a ride in the front seat, I mean. It's Sheriff Gene Freak. I'm I'm Sheriff Gene Freak. Gene Freak's position. Offers up the kid a green sandwich, and he starts going to town on it. It's a hamburger bun full of icing. Why are people going to the general store? This isn't the 1800s. It's Farmingtown. They're peasants, I mean. No town in America in the 80s has a general store. They all have like fucking supermarkets and Walmarts and shit like that. And this is the note where I put, I just realized that Nobog is gobbling back. Wow. Fuck, I'm dumb. (laughs) Fuck, I am dumb. Wow. Wow. It took you this long into the movie? It's the kingdom of the goblins. Well, it's it makes sense because in case you didn't pick up on it before, they give you about a 45-second shot of the town name so you could do the math yourself. As Gene Freak does the most lackadaisical turn to pull up to the store. <laughs> he asks the sheriff where the girls go at night. He laughs and says, the girls? <laughs> and drives away. Nothing with dudes at the store and has non-refrigerated milk on the counter. Oh my god. Creepy goblin looking dude comes out. A man that looks more like a goblin than any of the actual goblin costumes in the movie comes out from behind the curtain. He looks like the leprechaun from Leprechaun and there is so much mischief in those eyes. Can I help you? Coffee. There's no coffee here in Nilbog. It's the devil's drink. Eggs. Eh! Bacon. Are you crazy, boy? 
We're vegetarians here in Nilbog. Didn't you know that? Here's some Nilbog milk. Special milk. High in vitamin content. Here is free. Free? Of course it's free. We love tourists here in Nilbog. Try some, boy. And have some of your friends drink some also. The kid's sweating green already. Guys outside the store tell him to meet Arnold at the house that looks like a church. Which lady is watering Arnold as he grows stems and branches and leaves? There's a zoom in on the creepy man that delivers the message to Drew, and he looks like a male Anna Gasteyer with a mustache. My next note, I don't know what I was going through here. Fix this witch's teeth and I'd be down. Future callback. Why didn't they hire an old person to play an old person? She looks like a high school play. They just sprayed some gray hair on her, and that was it. High school? She's offering him a green cheesecake, or his friends, I don't know. His entire face is covered in bark. Arnold's got a Bane mask made out of roots over his mouth. He does. <laughs> For you, the people. I was born in the plot. In the pot. I was born in exposition. I was born in exposition. <laughs> you merely adopted it. You merely adopted it. The store is closed for a sermon. They'll be back in 20. And Dad starts reading a vegetable cookbook that looks like it's for children. We have to wait and be patient. Is this a PETA propaganda movie? Yo, that's what I felt when the guy said that, like, there's a vegetarian town and they don't eat no fucking meat. I was like, oh, my God. Wait, wait, what's going on here? It's the opposite. It's they're fucking demonizing vegetarians in this movie. Well, all right. We'll get to There's some trivia on that later. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Right now, in this scene... Where the kid walks up to the car while his dad is reading the children's cookbook, looks in the mirror and sees Goblin in the reflection out in the back. And I wrote in all caps, no, I refuse for this to be the reveal of Goblin. I mean, I was so upset. You have no fucking room to talk here. It took you so long to figure this out. You refuse to have it be the reveal? It's the reveal when he's spelling the fucking name of the town. A minute into the movie. Seeing it in a mirror is not going to let you know that it's Goblin spelled backward. Look, it's Goblin spelled backwards. This is their kingdom. No, I mean, you cannot criticize that aspect of this movie. After what you revealed. This is the part where I wrote, how many people streamed this? Just us three, right? <laughs> and then the kid starts skateboarding horribly away. Like, it's clearly his first time on a skateboard. I don't know why he was forced to use it. <laughs> the vegetable cookbook put Michael to sleep in less than a minute. It did, sure did. It would me too. Jogger dude is struggling through the forest, decides to drink some of the milk, spits it up immediately, dumps it on the ground. Milk was a bad choice. The witch shows up and like, oops, pal, surprises the mom. She's just right behind her out of nowhere. <laughs> I, if someone snuck up on me in a vacation home like that, I would have slapped the shit out of them. Fucking mom, what are you doing? Just like staring off at the yeah. kitchen. <laughs> She is the worst actress in the movie. Then she calls Holly appetizing and provocative. Yo, if someone came into my house and said that about my teenage daughter. Oh my God. Like, there's no chance I'm eating anything they made. <laughs> that's that's where you draw the line. That's where I draw the line. None of your food stuffs, ma'am. Josh ends up in some abandoned barn, but it's got the sermon going on. He's creeping around upstairs above the sermon. The sermon is railing against meat. This vegetarian pastor is ranting, and I call him Billy Ray Virus. <laughs> I wrote, the preacher looks like dollar store Michael Landon. For all you 20th century kids out there. Those are two 20th century bitch references for you. <laughs> 20th century bitch. Symbol of original sin, which is consumed and caused the 
all the human race, which is so dear to us. Flesh! And by flesh, I mean all that stinking, disgusting meat. Ugh. Hamburgers! Steaks! The steaks! Sausages! And hot dogs! Sold by the side of the road! The stink of smoked carcasses! themselves with these, violating their own bodies, infecting themselves, creating uncurable ailments, smelly bladders, nest of infection, clusters of hemorrhoids, vicious, stinky, Kid accidentally knocks a skateboard down and the preacher grabs his face and then just shakes it for a couple of seconds and then we smash cut away. Back to Gay Boy HQ. Holly's telling Elliot to choose. The face shake was was epic. Church of Goblins and humans are making him eat their ice cream slash pudding. He's refusing to eat it. Dad finds him, runs in and stops him. Josh calls them goblins, points out the cloverleaf marking and the name of the town. The bug-eyed goblin face gets me every time, though. Every fucking time. The farmer family is there, and he wants to know why. Billy Ray Virus says they're just giving him ice cream. Dad sees Holly with Elliot, calls him that playboy son of the Coopers. What? So, kids, how's life? Also, he rolls up and and drives that car like it's the first time he's ever driven a car. It probably was. He, like, fucking slams on the brakes. Forget about your friends and forget about Holly. My next note, everybody in this movie talks like they don't see the punctuation on the page. They just blow right through commas and periods. The mom has a line. I don't even know if I, if I wrote it down, but it was so bad. I was just like, was that the first time she's ever spoken in English? That's how bad she was. The mom might have been the worst. Oh, I don't know. I think it's the dad. He's at least like enthusiastic. I, the mom takes it for me because th- there's a when she finds the milk, she like finds the milk, clearly waits and crosses the kitchen before like hitting her mark to deliver her line. <laughs> like she could have been talking the whole time. <laughs> Elliot ditches his last friend there. Brent is so pissed about this, and I just wrote lovers quarrel. <laughs> And he says, what about the beautiful liberated girls? Yo, he has no intention. Jogger gets to the church house. He's stumbling everywhere. Kind of stumbles his ass off. (laughs) Well, he stumbles right past his buddy. Arnold can't say anything to him, but he's trying to. Friend notices him, rips the bark off his mouth. He starts bleeding green. Arnold tells him to get him out of there. Grab the pot and drag me out quick. And he's dragging the pot slowly through the house like you would a giant potted plant trying to move it around your house. That was realistic. He stops because he feels sick. The witch walks in, slaps him across the room into the bed. Yeah, perfect slap. She's going to punish Arnold, breaks out the chainsaw. She's going to make a nice milkshake for his friend. And he starts laughing as she saws him. She said it's going to tickle. It won't hurt. It was just tickling. And I said she wasn't lying. Yeah, there's like a jackhammering sound effect while he giggles. Jogger wakes up to the blender. Shamrock shakes, baby. (laughs) Dad drives up to the house and there's a shitload of cars there. Inside the home, guitars and pianos playing. It's a real hoedown. There's so much food and fun. They've prepared a whole feast. Holly says that Elliot is part of the family now. And the preacher apologizes for earlier. Dance, my children. 
dance and eat. Eat. Josh says, don't eat. They're monsters. They're goblins. Dad sends them to his room. And I wrote, is there tension between the dad and the preacher? Because they look like they're going to fuck at some point. It's a very, like, homosexual positive movie. <laughs> it's anti-meat, but, like, pro-meat, if you know what I mean. <laughs> it's not anti-meat, though. I guess it. I guess it's anti-vegetarian. I think you're right. It's anti. Yeah, it's it's beyond meat. Beyond meat. Yeah, I bet it is. Yeah. Josh runs to the mirror and whines for dead grandpa. <laughs> He's always whining for grandpa. Oh God, Jesus! So annoying. Battle yourself, you fuckhead. This is the moment where I thought maybe Josh's relationship with his grandpa is beyond meat. The innocent grandpa grandchild mm. relationship. So beyond meat as well. Yeah. Terrence and Elliot and Holly are brought food. Josh asks for Seth again, and a woman appears, and a troll jumps through the mirror. It's a goblin, Zach. Come on. Sorry. This goblin. Goblin this jumps goblin through the mirror. goblin is clearly trying to rape him. Grandpa Seth! They're just cutting back and forth. Grandpa Seth comes out and chops the hand off the goblin. It flies back through the mirror. Terrible aim. He- <laughs> Terrible aim for Grandpa Seth. Barely gets his thumb. He's got the bluntest axe in the world, and it's so clearly, like, cheap plaster. (laughs) 100%. There's dust that flies off this troll's hand. Sorry, goblin. And then we get the mirror breaking in reverse. Yeah. Credence is screaming her ass off, though. The witch lady's back in her house without a hand. Grandpa hands Josh a Molotov cocktail. But is it made out of olive oil? Is it a Molotov cocktail? (laughs) <laughs> uh, that's pretty good man which sticks her arm in a fire and it grows back that is enough my next note i don't ever want to hear shit about my picks ever again <laughs> not one not a one <laughs> the witch is pissed seth and grandpa walk out Touché. with a cocktail and a fire extinguisher <laughs> they sneak outside and look through the window the crowd is clapping so offbeat whatever stereotype of white people not having rhythm exists it breaks it it breaks it and beyond there's four different rhythms happening in a basic clap oh there are rhythms happening well i mean legally technically grandpa might just be a pyro he's horny for this molotov cocktail preacher steals a cocktail says the kid will never stop him grandpa has to go back to his kingdom of shadows kingdom of shadows he sends grandpa back to hell my next note was is he with my grandma i mean yeah this is what a this is what a mean did to your grandma (laughs) i order you for the sacred power of the magic stone and his lord go I was convinced that Grandpa is definitely molesting his grandson. He has to be. Because the way he says, I offer you, and Grandpa jumps back, shocked. (gasps) Like, oh, shit, how'd you know? And then lightning strikes. No, 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 no. I mean, no. Now you're going too fast. Lightning doesn't strike. A drawing of a lightning bolt flashes on the screen. Yeah, it's a drawing of a lightning bolt. He knows a trick to summon someone from hell. And that ignites the Molotov cocktail. He burns to death hilariously. Please clip in the sound that he makes. It sounds like a whiny baby. It does. I'll tell you what he sounds like. If you follow Tony Baker on Instagram, (laughs) whenever Tony Baker does a voiceover of someone who's dying, he goes, you got me. 
that's what that's what my man sounds like. Dad runs out and fire extinguishes the preacher. When the CO2 clears, it's the burnt body of a goblin. It's just an empty goblin suit. My next note, why are they called goblins if it's called Troll 2? Gene Freak, now it's your turn! That's Sheriff Gene Freak, thank you very much. Crowd turns on the family, says it's their turn. Big stare down happening as the family backs away slowly. And I wrote, we could have cut a good 20 minutes out of this movie. They're backing away for a full minute before Michael says, Quick, in the house! <laughs> but only about nine feet in that one minute. No one makes a move! Which calls for something to protect its children. Clouds and dark skies form. Sun goes away. Which wants all her old powers. Now she's less haggard looking. And surprisingly, I find her less attractive here when she cleans up. The sheriff, Sheriff Gene Freak. <laughs> yeah, his full name only. He turns the family to eat the food they he's very I'm gonna be I'm gonna be very disrespectfully <laughs> very disrespectfully tossed onto their He threw the shit out He throws the shit out of that bag. Otherwise we'll be forced to kill you violently. I'm sorry? Violently? Like, is there a way to kill someone non-violently? Well, I guess poison, right? Yeah, that's what they do. They feed them poison and they turn into vegetables. That's non-violent. The general store owner makes a triumphant comeback in this scene as well. It would be a shame. The blood would mix with the meat and we'd have to put them in vinegar for the whole night. A lot of exposition right there. A lot of exposition. The other funny thing is, so as Zach mentioned, the witch, I guess, or whatever she is. Credence. Undergoes this trans this transformation. Other than, like, changing her hair and getting rid of the braces, what exactly have they done? I mean, they just took off all the shitty makeup they put on her, and now she's got some cleavage. Did they? Her titties are popping. Her braces are off. Her hair is straight. Yeah. That are, those are the only... That's it. I didn't see... The makeup is the same. Everything else is the same. And I guess she's fucking showing some thigh. She shows some thigh, yeah. Mauricio, you know? They're going to hold a seance. And the ugly kid says, you're a genius, big sister. Let me tell you, as someone who has older sisters, I've never said big sister. We need Grandpa Seth here. The dude left in the RV is watching the TV. The witch is on the screen now with corn on the cob. She wants to eat it together. What kind of show is this? She says to come out and see if she's real. What kind of show is this dude watching, first and foremost? Yeah, it's like a caveman musical. I don't <laughs> She says, come outside. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm watching this shit right now. And if someone said, come outside, I would still think this is part of the story. It would take a lot more specific. I know, I mean, I'm talking to you sitting on your couch watching this for Cinephobe. It would take that kind of specificity for me to be like, oh shit, this, this person is actually outside. At that point, I can suspend my disbelief to the point of curiosity overcoming, whoa, how the fuck does this person outside have a direct connection to my TV? But no matter. He goes out there, and she's like, you want to eat this with me? She's got the corn, and she puts it in her pocket, and then, like, brushes up against him. And I said, is that corn in your pocket, or are you just happy to see me? They start making out. She says, want some popcorn? And he says, oh, yeah, I'd love some. She's like, oh, all we got to do is add a little heat. And I said, that's not how popcorn works. Not how popcorn works at all. And at that point, I said, I've seen porn with more coherent storylines. Now they're both eating it together, and it starts popping everywhere that corn is getting eiffel towered (laughs) 
They didn't even butter it up first? Seance isn't working and Josh is whining to concentrate harder. The crowd's waiting outside. Sheriff yells, let's show them we're still here. And he fires a shotgun into the air. Sorry, Sheriff Gene Freak says that. They've got guns? Josh keeps saying, concentrate harder. Concentrate harder. Oh, he's definitely trying to fuck. No sexual tension, just me. (laughs) The drawing of the lightning happens again. Wind blows through the room. Candles go out. Grandpa speaks to all of them. They only have 10 minutes until he disappears forever. So many grandpa. Oh, this is the last time, but I'm back again. (laughs) They have to destroy the magic stone that gives the goblins their power. The kid gets the ugliest concentrating voice and then collapses onto the table. Apparently he switches places with a goblin. I don't know. Sure. I mean, whatever. Yeah, I didn't quite get that. They're running around like crazy. The goblins are inside. And clearly no one is familiar with the layout of the house still. Yes, absolutely. Everyone is caught by surprise by everything that happens. At one point, they're like, backs against the wall and then a goblin pops out from the fourth wall <laughs> yeah and they're surprised by it and i'm yeah. like how is this possible and then they throw he it down the stairs even though they just came up the they stairs beat his ass. they beat his ass the fourth wall is very apropos there as a phrase <laughs> meanwhile josh is over there getting choked by another troll and i said or goblin excuse me and i said how hard is it to kill a child it seems like a lot of work they're putting in. Especially this, this kid's so weak. As soon as he wakes up, he says, Grandpa! Grandpa shows up again, punches the goblin in the face, gives him a backpack, says, only take out the contents when you really need it. Are the contents of Mike's hard lemonade and some rubbers? <laughs> Big black dildo. Can we, can we see what's in your bag? Can, we, can, can I we, take a look in your bag? Can we see what's in your bag? I don't have a bag. Can we understand. take a look in your bag? Yeah. Uh, why would I care? Well, of course. Uh, there's nothing in there that a normal American doesn't have in his bag that he a would care. A can of Axe body spray. I like to smell like an Axe. That's not my fault. I mean, like, who... Like, uh, a Dane Cook CD? You are not an American if you don't love Mr. Cook. I don't understand. A GameCube game system. Yeah, it's shaped like a cube and you can play games on it. I don't understand what the problem is. And a big black dildo. They're at the Stonehenge Magic Stone. He says to touch it. Goblins surround the family downstairs. Elliot says, let's talk. We're all humans here. They're clearly not human. <laughs> RV kid wakes up in a... He is drowning in that popcorn bukkake. In a pool of popcorn. Says no more popcorn. The witch starts screaming outside the RV for some reason. She's old looking again. That's why. Dad says Josh is alone right now. They need to go. Ten minutes are up. Grandpa disappears. Witch crabs the kid. Picks him up by the throat. The goblins can teleport now? Whoa, you missed the whole, what do we do, Grandpa? Touch it, Josh. Will it work? I hope so. (laughs) Ah, sexual attention. Only the power of goodness can defeat the goblins. Oh, it's so good. Oh, the power of goodness. Oh, Oh, Josh. It's so good. Kid gets thrown to a goblin. They carry him away, which brings him some green sludge to eat. Kid pulls out a... A double-decker bologna sandwich! Bites into it. They all run away. He touches the stone while he chews and sort of humps the wall. Family busts in. They all touch the stone. More lightning drawings. That's what Grandpa likes. More animated lightning. Concentrate! Concentrate more! Goblins and the witch start puking. The eyes explode. The goblins are dropping like flies. So many more animated lightning strikes. <laughs> they drive back home in the van. Dad says he has to pass by the office. Holly and Elliot are going to go to his house. Mom and Josh will wait at home. She pulls out a bowl of apples. Red Delicious, the worst kind of apple. He won't eat. She's eating the apple. He's going to nap. She's going to shower. 
This ugly kid says he doesn't know how to thank grandpa. Nobody appears in the mirror, but he hears a voice. He goes toward the bedroom door. He's trying to talk to grandpa, like, again? He goes to find his mom. A baseball falls down the stairs. It says, yummy, mommy is so good. They ate your mom out. That's what that is. They're not eating her. They're eating her out. He runs to the shower. There's green everywhere. He runs back downstairs. His ugly face sees the goblins eating his mom. You can see jello tits. Her tits are fucking amazing. I misjudged you, mom, this whole time. Goblin says, do you want some Joshua? He screams and freeze frame on his ugly face and we roll credits. Troll three. <sighs> some trivia. The entire cast went to a casting call hoping to be extras and ended up in lead roles. No. Yes. No. I mean, no, no, no. what did you expect? How does that shock you? I mean, that's supposed to be our joke. It's not supposed to be actually what happened. Although the movie was titled Troll 2 to capitalize on the minor success of Troll 1986, it has no connection to the plot or production of the earlier film. Come on, man. How did this get greenlit? Uh, green, greenlit? What are you talking they about? They shot it on a fucking camcorder! What are you talking about greenlit? <laughs> They're not at a traffic stop. How did this sex tape get greenlit? They're just on a road with no sides. There's green cum all over this fucking movie. What do you mean greenlit? Chlorophyll green. For George Hardy's audition, all he did was act out his now famous line, you can't piss on hospitality in front of nine smoking Italians, none of whom understood English. George was told that he got the role partially because the Italians loved the energy he put into it. Maze, what else you got? Everything is making sense. The American VHS cover features artwork of a little boy with what appears to be a troll doll being chased down a dark corridor by a werewolf brandishing an axe. Neither the boy nor the werewolf appear in the film, and no trolls appear either. The film was produced by Edward Sarlui and Joe D'Amato, an Italian exploitation film director notorious for his stated view that profitability of films was more important than their entertainment value, and he worked under the pseudonym David Hills. Production crew was made up almost entirely of non-English-speaking Italians brought to America by Fregasso. The only fluent English speaker on set was costume designer Laura Gemser. She was an Indonesian-born actress most famous for her multiple reprisals of Emmanuel, the promiscuous journalist and star in a number of Italian skin flicks and softcore porn movies in the 70s and 80s. The cast had few experienced actors, was primarily assembled from residents in nearby towns who responded to an open casting call. Drudy and Fergasso have stated that their intentions have been misunderstood, as the strongly criticized aspects of the movie are intentionally comic and exaggerated, such as the theatrical acting or the preacher's monologue on eating meat. In terms of audience participation, Troll 2 has been compared to the film Rocky Horror Picture Show, and the two films have been screened together. Get the fuck out of here. Are you serious? There's a cult following for this movie, no, Zach. No, it no, doesn't no. make sense, but there You don't is. have to be in on the Rocky Horror Picture Show, but that is fucking casablanca compared to this movie there's a cult following for this movie is it us discussing it at the nilbog invasion that's goblin spelled backwards event in 2007 fergasso and writer drudy announced plans for a sequel to troll 2 and the audience was polled for their opinion on what the film should be called the winning title was troll 2 part 2 Michael Stevenson says that the infamous piss on hospitality scene wasn't written that way the script called for him to act possessed jump up on the chair and starts screaming on the day of the shooting, Claudio pulls him aside, looks at the script, and says, Ah, possessed, that bullshit boring. You stand up, you piss on the table. Being 10 years old, I was thinking, what? But Claudio says, you don't worry, you jump on the table, you unzip zipper, we cut, piss on table. So there's a movie called Best Worst Movie, made in 2009. It's a documentary 
made by a grown-up Michael Paul Stevenson, who played Joshua. It debuted in March 2009 at the Alamo Drafthouse, part of South by Southwest. A lot of the movie is about George Hardy, who played Michael, who is now a dentist in Alabama. He was a practicing dentist in Salt Lake City who auditioned on a whim, and he would split his weeks. He'd be a dentist for three or four days, and then he'd go make Troll 2. So were those his Utah plates? Is that his car? (laughs) That makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Originally titled Goblin, the film was shot on location in Morgan and Porterville, Utah, during three weeks in the summer of 1989. The kid didn't see it until Christmas 1991 when he got a VHS tape of the movie as a gift, and he hated it. So it's developed a weird cult following... There's a woman who tries to summarize Troll 2. I have tried to explain Troll 2 to people who haven't seen it, but words don't really do it justice. You really do just have to see the movie. Because I can tell you, well, it's about a boy who goes on vacation with his family, and it turns out that everyone there wants to turn them into plants to eat them. And his grandfather, who's dead, is helping him on this quest to rescue his family. Grandpa! Um, it just doesn't sound very compelling to most people. And, and then they're kind of just like, oh, I'm really glad you're excited about that movie. It sounds great. But, you know, if you were actually to see the film, I mean, you just, I feel like you wouldn't, you'd have to, like, not have a heart or something to, to not like it. And two dudes from Upright Citizens Brigade, including John Gemberling, who plays Bevers in Broad City, connected with George Hardy and hosted a screening. They made one post on MySpace. And people came from all over. They had a packed house to watch Troll 2. Then it went to the Alamo Draft House in Austin, the Castro Theater in SF, all over the country for screenings. Then we get to my favorite part, which is Don Packard, the guy who played the general store owner. You know, the trouble with being psychologically uh, disturbed is that no matter how how you get out of it and get back to normalcy. As soon as you tell people you had mental problems, they still treat you like you're nutty. (laughs) I walked in ever-decreasing concentric circles until I found my head up my ass. I was sitting in my house on 13th East, and I couldn't decide whether to have a hard-boiled egg, a scrambled egg, or eggs. I couldn't make that decision. I was there, stuck, and a friend said, let me take you to the hospital, and they took me right in. You know, I like to drive without a seatbelt. I really like the feeling of driving without a seatbelt. I was uh, in the mental hospital at the University of Utah, and they gave me days off to go out. I called my agent. She said, they're shooting a movie out in Park City, an Italian film company, and you go out there, I won't charge you if you get the part. I went there, they said, come back again. And when I came back, they said, the person who was supposed to do it didn't show up, so you can do it. I mean, I've never believed anything more in my life. (laughs) During this visit with him at his house, he's writing some sort of memoirs in the chapter that we see on the screen is called random fucking (laughs) he he talks about random sexual encounters that he has 
Yeah, man, I get it. I smoked an enormous amount of pot then to stay sane. And when I got on the set, I had no idea what it all meant or what I was doing or what I was saying. I don't know where we went or what we did. And I had no idea of what the total movie was. And I didn't see it until 20 years later. And I was amazed how creepy I looked. (laughs) I looked at that person who looked like this. And I realized I was really troubled. I wasn't acting. I can tell you that I wasn't acting. That was a troubled person talking. It was a terrible experience making that movie. It was always cold. It was always remote. And I remember there was a little kid there, a little Mormon kid who was really a pain in the ass and he was a star. And I I wanted to kill him. And I was in the scene with him where I said, try this, you like it? And I really wanted to feed him that green stuff. I wanted to grab his head and put it in it. I just couldn't stand him. Dude, this guy is my spirit animal. 36 minutes into the documentary, Claudio shows up and he is the most Italian, Italian man you could imagine. I would clip in his quotes, but I can't because they're in Italian. Just clip in uh, Amin's Donald Paisan joke. (laughs) (laughs) Paisan! I don't follow the critics and the critics don't follow me. I don't make movies to be praised by critics. Yo! I like that. It's very Jake Johnson of him. Troll Due is a film that examines many serious and important issues like eating, living, and dying. It's an important film which talks about the family. The union of the family resisting all of those things that want to destroy it and see it dead. In Italy, we call this a parable. Jesus Christ. In America, we call this terrible. He says, I was more American than any American director. He does not handle people laughing at his movie very well. He still believes it's a good movie. He says, them problem. What do you want from it? Not my problem. What reaction does he expect? Being considered the worst movie is almost as much a compliment as being considered the best. It means I've made an impression. I promise it's not. His wife said, at that point in my life, I had many friends who'd all become vegetarians and it pissed me off. So I had the idea of replacing vampires in the vampire story with vegetarians. More like Claudio for gassed up. Editor Vanyo Amici. No, 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 no. You, got, you got to let that one sit for a little longer, Maze. You got to let it sit. <laughs> Just as long as it leaves an impression with you one way or another. Editor Vanyo Amici says that audiences weren't ready for Troll 2, but now they are because of Harry Potter. More like Claudio. Forget about it. The kid that got turned into a tree with a Bane mask, they screwed his own shoes into the tree pot, and then he had to stand there in makeup for 14 hours. What? For how many hours? 14 hours. What the fuck? The kid who played Drew was wearing a yellow shirt with a logo for the first half of the movie. At one point, they lost it, and they just told him to go buy another yellow shirt. They lost it? Where the fuck did it go? At the (laughs) Q&A... Where people are on stage saying basically, you know, it was written in broken English. They never had the script. It was given them scene by scene. They wanted to fix it, but he insisted that they say the lines exactly as is. They're on stage talking about it, and he's yelling at them and saying that they're lying during <laughs> during the Q&A. And then he says, I direct these dogs of actors, these actor dogs, and they doesn't remember because it's too late to remember I'm a good director. I can direct with all the language. I direct 24 movies in English. Other movies is this guy done. 
Oh, I mean, come on. What are you talking about? Hell of the Living Dead? Rats Night of Terror? Zombie 3? Strike Commando 2? Night Killer? Scalps? Gypsy Angel? Shocking Dark? Monster Dog? He's got something called uh, Karate Man coming out this year. Women's Prison Massacre? 11 Days, 11 Nights, Part 2? Sequel to Six Days, Seven Nights. (laughs) (laughs) Josh Hartnett? No, Harrison Ford, right? You're thinking of 40 Days, 40 Nights. (laughs) (laughs) I'll get that. That was the sequel to 11 Nights. (laughs) Well, I mainly eat out of a dumpster. (laughs) (laughs) I should try that. I need some new dresses. Don't. Or if you do, stay away from the one in Ocean and Wilshire. That's mine. Seriously. Stay out of it. Golden Dumpster nominees. You got mine. It's all bad in this one. Elliot sneaking into Holly's room and the nocturnal raptures. Pencil me in for you can't piss on hospitality. I I wanted to go with that, Zach. And you know what? I refused because to me, the Golden Dumpster is... You try to turn me into a hobo... My dad's going to cut off your little nuts and eat them. All the vegetarian food being bland baked goods smeared with green icing. Joshua whipping his dick out and peeing on the table to stop everyone from eating. You can't piss on hospitality. I won't allow it. The spear getting thrown and the cut to the blue sky. Credence turning the girl into a green jello puke trough. Arnold's, oh my God. Holly inventing TikTok. I'm Sheriff Gene Freak, <laughs> the owner of the general store, <laughs> creature Billy Ray Virus, the Molotov of cocktail, popcorn bukkake, and a double-decker bologna sandwich. Oh, man. Do I want to change to Sheriff Gene Freak? <laughs> oh, man. No, it's got to be. You, you, can't, you can't piss on hospitality. That's my pick. I'm sticking with it. I mean? Oh, no. I, I made up my mind. You gotta turn Jeremy to a hobo. Maze, <laughs> <laughs> what's your uh, golden dumpster? When I watched it, and the general store owner came out, I thought that dude was on a completely different level. Turns out, I was more right than I could have imagined. That is a mental patient, high out of his mind, acting his ass off. It's the general store owner. Phobe or file. Maze, you picked it, motherfucker. I picked it. <laughs> the, 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 the deep exhale. Okay, Skip Bayless. <laughs> Tell us how you're torn on this one. Clip it, Bayless. It's undeniable how awful this movie is. It's barely a movie. It was written by Italians who didn't speak English with people that aren't actors. In burlap sacks that weren't costumes. It's horrible. But I laughed so many times. I'm laughing so often in this movie. So I'm torn. So I don't know what to do. All the reviews. This is the most so bad it's good movie ever. You have to see this movie. And I just don't know anymore. I'm going to phobe it, but I loved watching it. No, you didn't. I love it. I've already watched it twice. I watched a documentary on it. I'd watch it again. I mean, put his vote in a little over an hour ago. I mean, do you still hold on, uh, Phobe? 
Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm not going to be cute here. We'll sweep it. That's it. I mean, <laughs> just, I would never watch this shit again. <laughs> you kidding me? <laughs> There's not a chance. There's not a chance. It's the first negative sweep since Cats, right? Yeah. Well, I'll just ask you guys. Theodore Rex, Cats, Troll 2. This is worse. This is the worst one. Easily. No. Yeah. No, this is worse than Theodore Rex. It's not even close. The only thing the only thing Theodore Rex has over this is a recognizable name or two. Like yeah, that's the only thing. Like it makes Theodore Rex actually look worse because Who, they have trained actors. Yes. Because that's trained actors in it, and you guys are still as bad as the movie that literally. No, 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 This is so much worse. This, this is the so worst much, movie. So much worse. You think this is the worst movie we've done? I at least get Teddy Rex, you know, horny for cookies at some point. How do you and, get that? And 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 Theodore Rex position, where he's just explaining everything he's doing. He's just calling out loud the whole time everything he's doing. <laughs> Gonna go investigate. <laughs> oh, walking through the door. I'm telling you, like, again, Theodore Rex is still, well, cats and Theodore Rex are still jostling. And I'm going to tell you, Jupiter Ascending, man, go back and listen to that episode. It'll remind you how angry we were. We're angry. And you get angry when you hear Faze say, I like it. Mailbag! It's garbage spelled backwards! Next time we make love, you introduce me to Jade. something different for 2021 each month will have a theme january's theme we're kicking it off with a bang of course is nicholas cage so every january pick will have nicholas cage attached to it in some way this is going to put him into the double digits right in terms of repeat offenders three weeks in a cage the second longest i've been in a cage but so- the first three it'll be amin then zach then me Picking a cage movie, and then we will ask the fans who had the best pick of the month, and then there will be a wild card pick that does not have to be a Nicolas Cage movie. Wait, it doesn't have to be a Nick Cage movie? It could just be anything. No, 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 no. The the wild card pick? Yeah, because like that way that's why we can still like sneak in like a new movie or Oh no, I thought it was you had to pick within the within the theme. Yeah, I thought I thought so too. I thought it had to be within the theme. It's a wild card pick for whoever it's a, a reward. Love it when we work it out. I'm torn, guys. I am legitimately torn. Part of me wants to do the movie that just came out. Oh, Jiu-Jitsu. You know what? No, yes. We shall do Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah! I was going to pick that. Yeah. Were yeah. you? No, I, was gonna say I got another pick. I got another pick. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Because no, no, no. now, no, sure? now I'm going to have fun with my pick then. Okay. All right. Jiu-Jitsu. It is a rental war movie. And it is very poorly rated on Rotten Tomatoes. What? And not with the audience. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Might have us a guess. Ooh, yeah. Little tease there. Little one week tease. Little teasy tease. Little teasy tease right there. Jujitsu. Yeah. Jujitsu. Not that kind of jujitsu. 
A lot is being asked of people working in schools. Teachers have more and more things to do. The shortage of teachers right now, um, you know, having to fill a lot of holes and, and wear a lot of hats, it's, it's very difficult. There are steps you can take to manage stressful times, whether in the classroom or outside of work. For me personally, I can disconnect by just being outside. Laughing <laughs> works a lot. Find what helps at cdcfoundation.org slash how right now. A supportive work environment can help everyone working in schools stay resilient. Just finding people that can reassure me that I'm doing my best and that there are people out there who understand me and can help me through these situations. You are not alone. Leaning on each other, uh, colleagues in education is, is essential. You have to. We take care of one another. Find what helps at cdcfoundation.org slash how right now. That's cdcfoundation.org slash how right now. A lot is being asked of people working in schools. Teachers have more and more things to do. The shortage of teachers right now, um, you know, having to fill a lot of holes and, and wear a lot of hats, it's, it's very difficult. There are steps you can take to manage stressful times, whether in the classroom or outside of work. For me personally, I can disconnect by just being outside. Laughing <laughs> works a lot. Find what helps at cdcfoundation.org slash how right now. A lot is being asked of people working in schools. Teachers have more and more things to do. The shortage of teachers right now, um, you know, having to fill a lot of holes and, and wear a lot of hats, it's, it's very difficult. There are steps you can take to manage stressful times, whether in the classroom or outside of work. For me personally, I can disconnect by just being outside. Laughing <laughs> works a lot. Find what helps at cdcfoundation.org slash how right now. A supportive work environment can help everyone working in schools stay resilient. Just finding people that can reassure me that I'm doing my best and that there are people out there who understand me and can help me through these situations. You are not alone. Leaning on each other, uh, colleagues in education, is, is essential. You have to. We take care of one another. Find what helps at cdcfoundation.org slash how right now. That's cdcfoundation.org slash how right now.